This past uh, weekend, I had the opportunity to go back to Atlanta, and I was telling somebody, I'm so glad I got the opportunity to move away from Atlanta. Amen, you know. But, uh, you know, I don't know how many of you know, but uh, I now have a, a grandchild, and uh, just, I can't show you the pictures yet, because if I showed you the pictures, that would be broadcasting them, right? And they're not to be broadcast yet. So uh, they're here. You can see them after. But uh, uh, he's a great young man. So this was an exciting weekend, spending time with uh, our, our son and daughter-in-law and the new grandson, David. So, you know, it made me think, um, you know, it was just a few years ago for most of us that uh, we were raising our own children, you know, at the house. And I can remember... And I'm sure uh, I'll be debated on this point. But anyway, I can remember getting up, uh, say, at like, say, 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, Luke was crying and he was hungry. And so, I, you know, I would go to the uh, refrigerator. And, and what I recall were these cans of Infamil. And, uh, you know, I would pour it into the, um, whatever you call it thing, Pyrex cup, you know what I mean? You stick it in the microwave and you do it for like 20 seconds. And of course, this baby is crying during that 20 seconds. And so you're like, this is waiting way too long to wait to, to heat this milk, you know? And you'd test it and then you'd put it in there and, and um, you know, you would give it to him and, and he, was, he was a happy camper. But just thinking about that, hating to wait, whether you're waiting on that microwave for that 20 seconds you know, a lot of times that seems forever. But as I think about our message tonight, and we'll be getting into the text in just a moment, waiting for, for Christmas. You know, as a child, uh, I was just excited when Halloween came because, what, two more months to Christmas, you know? And then when Thanksgiving came, you know, you were thrilled because it was just, what, one more month, you know, to Christmas. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting pretty close here. Thanksgiving's just happened, and, and uh, now we're, we're on the, the thresholds of, of Christmas. You know, all you could think about um, when you were a kid was what? What you wanted. You know, and you get that little, what, Sears Robot catalog or the JCPenney catalog, and and you begin as at least a kid growing up in Albany, you'd begin to look through that and kind of think, man, this is what I want, you know. Very altruistic, thinking of others kind of young man. Yes, and you, you know, you can remember thinking, I just hope that when Christmas gets here, that Santa brings me the Johnny 7, O-M-A, you know, gun. And some of y'all are wondering what on earth that is, but I'm not going to go into all the described the description of this. Um, but all you can do through the month of December when you're a kid is just wait. You just wait and you wait. Now, Mary was going to experience something wonderful. And I only wish I could preach it as well as Shelby just sang it, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, She's going to experience something wonderful, something miraculous, and something from heaven, but yet she had to wait. Let's look at the scripture and, and see what it says. Open your copy of God's Word to Luke 
chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, initially verses 26 uh, through 38. And you know, Brother Wayne, it's been a while since I've preached in here on a Sunday night. Next time you need to bring your reading glasses. <laughs> okay. I think my eyes will adjust, so y'all just wait a minute, okay? Just a minute. Just a, well, it's, it's the lighting and everything. So anyway, it's a challenge. Okay. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God and you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, We love you. We're excited to be with your people tonight to worship you. What a privilege we have. We invite you now to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Speaking of waiting, you know what I would love to do tonight is to, to have Joy come up here and say, what happened in Peru? But you just got to wait. You just got to wait. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's get into this text. What we see here initially in this passage of Scripture is a glorious announcement. A glorious announcement. I mean, it was a glorious announcement when mother would say, hey, it's time to put up the Christmas tree. I don't know about y'all. You know, the kids didn't really get to determine when that happened. It was when mom decided it was going up. And at our house, our role was to check the lights, okay? We would get out every strand of lights, pull them out, plug them in, make sure, you know, they're all working properly. And then our job, Deborah and I, would, would hold these lights as dad would go around the tree and put them up. Mother would then come back in and examine the lighting of the tree and what would happen? We'd make adjustments, okay? 
That's, that's the way it worked at our house. And finally, after all the lights were adjusted in the proper place, then we could start putting on, you know, the decorations. And, and every now and then after we decorated the tree, we'd take some gold tinsel and kind of put it, you know, kind of like snow waves or something on there every now and then. We didn't do that every, every year. But anyway, that was kind of, kind of our, our tradition. And, you know, Christmas is an exciting time. And um, especially if you're expecting, you know, and we've, we've had some people in our church who've recently uh, delivered newborns and, and you know, it's a, and it's a, an exciting time in their life. It's a, it's a wonderful time. You know, one of the unusual things that begins to happen, which happened just last week for us is, I mean, how many of y'all went to Walmart this past week or whatever? Probably everybody went to Walmart. Okay. But you know, for the first time since I've been in Tifton, when I've been here nine years, uh, I walked into the kids, I mean, the, you know, what do you call that section? Where, where they have the diapers and the baby section. Yeah. I mean, I have not walked in that baby section in nine years. Yeah. But for the first time I walked over there because we were getting some diapers for David and we we're getting some formula for David. You know, I mean, you just begin to alter your, you know, I always kind of go to the left and hit the drug section or, you know, where you get the toothpaste and all that kind of stuff. And then you come around, zoom and hit the, you know, anyway, but I had to alter my course because, you know, of the excitement of, of this new baby and Mary's announcement didn't come from a doctor, did it? Hey, you're pregnant. No. Where'd Mary's announcement came? It came from an angel and not only just any angel, the angel Gabriel that According to God's word stands in the very presence of God. And he says, you are favored and you are highly prized of the Lord. And her response was what? I knew that. I always got straight A's in school, right? No, she didn't say that. She didn't say I was the teacher's pet. I knew that. No, her response was, I'm troubled. What, what is this? What do you mean I'm special to God? What do you mean he's going to use me? What do, you, what do you mean? I'm going to be the carrier, the mother of the Son of God. And she begins to wonder. She must have had some scientific background or something. She begins to wonder, how does this happen? You know, because she'd never been married. And the angel explains to her, not extremely scientifically, kind of very, she says, the, the Spirit of God is going to overshadow you. And that's how this is going, going to happen. And also, the angel marshals a little evidence for her to consider. You know, your aunt, your relative. She's kind of old, isn't she? Yeah. She's fixing to have a baby too. And so he shares that good news to encourage her. And Mary's response, as we see in the scripture, is very humble it's very sincere. She says, I am simply the bond slave of the Lord. Let it be done to me. Now, don't you imagine in reality, she was just totally dumbfounded. I mean, like, what did I just hear? What did I just see? What's going to really happen? How on earth is this going? And, and yet, in her heart, she's thinking, this is the most glorious thing I have ever heard in my life. 
This is completely incredible. This is beyond amazing. And to think I am going to be right smack dab in the middle of it is incredible. The next thing I think we see in this text is not only an incredibly glorious announcement, but we see a joyous desire to share this good news. Look at the, the next few verses there. Look at what it says. It says at this time, uh, picking up with, I can't read the number, I think it's verse 39. <laughs> I'll know next time to bring my glasses. Okay. Um, it says, at that time, Mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. A joyous desire to share. How many of you have already got your, your Christmas decorations up? We don't. Does anybody? You do. Good. So two. Two out of 700 people at our church. No. All right. A four. Good. Anybody? Six. Six. All right, so, you know, that'd be 1% of our church, right? If, if you, so to speak, if we got seven here and 700, we're using that roughly as a whatever. So probably 1% have uh, already, who's already had a Christmas party? Nobody, good, okay, good, I'm glad to hear that. I was just gonna say, you really are ahead of everything. But you know, after we get our houses decorated, we all, we all wanna share it with somebody. You don't wanna like decorate Go to all that trouble and then nobody see it, you know? You know, there's a lot of things about our decorations that are, you know, they're memories of our family. They kind of tell a story of our, of our family. And so we love to share our lives. We love to share, you know, like I had some hot chocolate today with marshmallows. I don't usually do that very often. And we don't have any decorations up. But, you know, in preparing for this message, it kind of got me in the mood. <laughs> First, some hot chocolate and marshmallows. But anyway, we like, we like that. You know, the, the beautiful lights, you know, the festive uh, wassail or, or, or feasting together. But think about Mary here. The hardest thing for anybody, I believe, is to... Be pregnant and not tell anybody. Just think about that. The most wonderful news, most exciting thing that's fixing to happen in your life. You know, probably the most exciting seven words are we are going to have a baby. You know, when you say that, you just want to, you know, you want to say that with joy and exuberation and and Mary was so excited. She 
literally, it says, with great, you know, she took off to go see her aunt who was going through a similar experience. And she was just excited. She wanted to see her um, cousin or aunt Elizabeth and to share with her what had happened. And, and Elizabeth went, oh, you know, what? that's not a great miracle. I mean, God's already done a miracle for me. So she wasn't enthusiastic, was she? No, of course she was. In the scriptures, it says that the, the baby in her, when, when it heard Mary's voice, just got excited. So she rejoiced with her and was thrilled. Now, here's the application. You wonder what pastors do in their studies. Here's the application from this text. She rejoiced and she, she praised God. There was great rejoicing. Maybe the need in every Baptist church is for every couple, young or old, to get pregnant. Can you imagine if every couple in First Baptist Church was pregnant right now? Do you think there'd be some excitement? It'd be a lot of more nursery workers, amen, from the nursery, amen. But can you imagine the excitement? Can people be going, you're not gonna believe what's happened down at First Baptist Church. Every, every couple down there. And there's some people that are there in their 80s and some people in their 20s, you know, whatever. There's a, it would just be the talk of the town. And yeah, sure it would. Yeah. Well, he's going, yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine what would be going on? Think about that. What about our excitement tonight? What about the new life God has brought into your family through Jesus Christ. Think about the work he's done in your heart or in your spouse's heart or in the, the heart of your child. Is there that zeal and excitement, not for a physical pregnancy that you might experience, but for the work of the Holy Spirit done in your life, your spouse, in your child? what God has been doing, how he has been moving. Maybe tonight what we need is not the crazy illustration that panicked the pastor, but maybe tonight what we need is for God to so penetrate, impregnate our hearts with his love so that our hearts are just desiring to share this good news with those all around us. Maybe we'd share it verbally like you might if you were pregnant. Maybe we would share it by rejoicing with, with others like Elizabeth did with Mary. We celebrate with them. Or maybe we would share it financially. I was just thinking, if I could give a gift, buy a present, let's just say that present was $100, okay? If I could buy a present for $100 and I gave it to Joy right over here, and Joy, I said, Joy, take this present to Peru. And if I knew as she delivered that present 
that 10 people would come to faith in Jesus. How excited do you think I would be to prepare that present and to give it to her to go down there? Man, I'd be thrilled, wouldn't I? I'd be thinking, what? What present would do that? Okay. And y'all are ahead of me. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? No, you're already asleep. Okay, no. Okay, no, you know where I'm going with this. We've got the opportunity over these next four weeks to give what? $70,000, right? As a church. And what's this gift going to be for? It's going to be for missionaries, right? And what's going to happen when we give this gift? Now, somebody who's been involved in missions could tell us. If you give $70,000, so many people will come to faith in Christ. I don't know what those statistics are, but there are going to be people born again all over this planet because of our enthusiasm about our relationship with Jesus. And we enter into that, sharing that, not only verbally, not only encouraging others, but financially as well. Finally, we come to verses 46 and following. And we observe that wonderful hymn. It says, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers. It's amazing Mary's response to this good news, this incredible message. See, Mary's response was not only to share the good news, but also to praise the Lord. To praise the Lord. To praise Him for His mercy, to praise Him for His power, to praise Him for His holiness. And then what? And then Mary waited. Most of us are aware that uh, babies are not born in a month. Most of us are aware that babies are not born in two or three months. 
I don't know exactly because usually you hear people talk in terms of weeks. I've never exactly figured that out myself, but I figure it takes nine to 10 months to have a baby. You agree with that, Dr. Rowe? Close. Okay. What did Mary do during those nine to 10 months? She praised the Lord. She worshiped the Lord. I can imagine she experienced many things. We, we know that there was, you know, cultural pressure because she had not been married when God came upon her to give her this child. We can imagine the aches and pains of, uh, of being pregnant and the things that she went through. What I imagine most of all was her eagerness. If tonight I went to sleep and in a dream, the Lord said, John, I'm going to give you and Nancy a child in your late age. And your child, your son, will discover the cure for all cancers. know about you I'd be so excited I would be wanting to see what is this boy going to look like and I would want to know you know what's how, how can he you know whatever how brilliant can he be or something you know what I mean I would be expecting you know Einstein Jr. or something you know whatever I don't know you know, he, he comes out of the womb and maybe he grabs the stethoscope off the doctor's chest or something, begins, I don't know, whatever. I would just be anticipating. And, and you know, when you anticipate something, it's forever happening. I don't know about you, but that's, that's the way it works for me. If I'm really anticipating, then the nine months or whatever would be even longer. And so she's waiting. She's waiting. Waiting the fulfillment of the promise of God. You know, think about it. Ladies, when you uh, were pregnant and probably you had somebody give you a shower for this newborn child, probably. All right, so after you get the shower and you get the presents and, and you go back and you make, you know, additions to the nursery or whatever, it's kind of exciting, but then what? It's, I mean, it's, you appreciate it. I'm not trying to, you know, denigrate anything like that, but what I'm just saying is you still are sitting there waiting on the baby. To come. It doesn't speed things up usually, I'm, I'm aware of, you know, having a party. Uh, maybe it does. I don't know. But you're, you're just sitting there and you're waiting. You've got everything prepared. You're waiting. And you know, this, this Christmas season, we must be willing to wait. 
we must be willing to wait. The, we know the true joy isn't going to come in a, in a gift or something we purchase or, or in frantic activity. We know that. We know it's going to come as we patiently wait for the Lord. The Lord Jesus must permeate this Christmas season, 2014. He must permeate our hearts. He must permeate our lives. Yes, we've received a, a glorious announcement. Yes, personally, we've experienced salvation, full and free through Jesus. Yes, we're ready and willing to share that good news, whether it's verbally or through music or through our financial giving. But we must wait. We must wait. When I think about waiting, I think about one of the most incredible promises that the Lord has given to us. Now, usually we hear this promise repeated to us. We're usually reminded of this promise at funerals. Okay? But it's the most incredible promise. Listen to this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And Jesus is the speaker, so me is Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This incredible promise. And what does Jesus expect us to do? Praise him, worship him, and what? Wait. Wait. It's a great promise. But if I look at y'all right now, I don't think it's going to be answered right now or tonight. You're going to wait. I'm going to wait. Waiting for Christmas means waiting trusting that God will fulfill his promise. There's so many promises in God's word. There's so many stories in our lives. I hope you'll take that Advent booklet and read it and, and just believe God together as a family that we'll see God do something special in our lives this Christmas season. Lord Jesus,
it's all over your word that I guess growing and maturing, not only in life, but in Christ means waiting, anticipating, preparing, even though it's not going to be today. Father, call us to a more intimate relationship with you. May this Christmas be a time where we are, we are busy, we are doing many, many activities, but may in our hearts and in our spirits May we be waiting. Waiting for the fulfillment of your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.